0: is the She Loves to Plan podcast with me, Monique Svenson, founder of Perfect Planner Company. If you are a time poor entrepreneur, a business owner spinning too many plates, or a busy mum who wants to feel more successful, more accomplished, and more organised in your business life and home, then this podcast is for you. As a planning expert, I know that every goal needs a plan. And I'm here to show you how. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the She Loves to Plan podcast. This is really exciting because this is the first of our interview seasons. Um, We are coming back and as I explained in the previous episode under the business, life and home section and today we're going to be talking to Lisa Johnson who is our first interviewee in our business section and I'm so excited to have Lisa kick us off for this new season. So Lisa is a business strategist who helps ambitious people create more income, more passive income into their life. Um, Lisa and I met uh probably back in 2020, when I embarked on one of her signature courses, which is the one to many. Um, And it was back sort of when the pandemic started. And I'm gonna be honest, I hadn't heard of Lisa at that time at all, but a friend of mine said to me, Monique, you need to get on this. You need to listen to this lady. So I went on to one webinar that she was doing. It was a free webinar and I signed up to one to many there and then. And um, Lisa and I are almost neighbors. So we've become quite good friends over the years and um, I'm proud to be a product coach in her membership which is you can sit with us Um, but today we're going to be talking about um, business planning which is a subject that's very very close to my heart she is a strategist and she's going to be sharing um, some brilliant value welcome Lisa thank you so much for being here so before I crack on with all of the questions um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story and how you came to be a business strategist.
1: Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, well, my story started because my I basically had twins. Um, I was in a corporate job and I had twins and they weren't really on the plan. And so I was that person that said, my twins will just fit into my life. I'll go back to work when they're five months old. I know that sounds ludicrous now. Um, Now I know what having kids is like. Um, But I went back to work when they were five months old. And I realised very quickly that there was absolutely no way I was going to be able to continue with the job and see them. I was single parent at the time going through divorce. And so I got a job that was closer to my house so that I could at least see them like before I went. Because I was getting up and going to Canary Wharf at six o'clock in the morning and coming home at like 10 o'clock at night. Like you, I never saw them. kids, yeah. Yeah. And so I got this job that was more like a normal nine to five job near my house. But it meant that I was going from a really good salary as a risk analyst in banking all the way to basically an office junior PA type position again um, and cutting my salary by a third. And so it was when I was there that I started thinking, well, what else can I do to bring some money? And I was 30,000 pounds in debt. It's like, what can I do? And so I decided to start a business and I didn't really know anything about business at that point, um, but thought, you know, I'm going to give it a go. And I had a wedding planning business. That's what I first started in. And in the first year I did okay. I had like, I think it was like 13 full planning weddings but at the end of that year when I sat down to see if I could leave my nine-to-five and spend the time with my kids I realized I was hardly making any money it was like one pound 15 or something and so I know like what are we working for and it's because I didn't know anything about business I didn't understand niching I didn't understand having a business plan I didn't understand any of this kind of stuff I was just doing things hoping it would work and so it was at that point point that I realized that I was either going to have to go all in and learn everything I could about business or just quit and realize yeah yeah, I'd be able to see my kids but I was going to have to live hand to mouth and paycheck to paycheck which is what I'd always done and following my family history of always being in debt and I decided I didn't want to be that and that someone had to change that in my lineage and if anyone was going to do it that was going to be me and so that's what I did I I decided to just learn everything I could about business and I went to every free webinar and I read all the books and all the things you do and I turned the wedding business around to become the most well-known urban wedding planning business in the UK um, within about eight months and it was from there that people started asking me how I'd done it and organically I suppose I started consulting and helping people with their own businesses um, until five years ago when I decided to set up Lisa Johnson strategy because it was you know I was thinking do I actually want to have a life where every summer for every weekend I'm working on weddings or is it going to be an easier life for me to run courses and memberships and help people on a one-to-one basis with their own businesses and that seemed like a much more viable thing to do and,
0: so and very in that
1: it changed everything because people think that people constantly say to me, you seem to have come from nowhere and been successful. But actually, everything I learned about business were the mistakes I made in that wedding business. So when I started this strategy business, it seemed like I was making tons of money in that first year. But that was because I learned from what happened before.
0: And I think that is how we learn, isn't it? I mean, if I think back, you know, to the first um, batch of planners that I ever made oh my goodness they you know the mistakes and the learnings and the naivety that I probably had launching into this business and you know you hear it talked about a lot that you when you start a business quite often your ignorance on fire yeah I think that is so true because you just go out there it's like I can do this I'm gonna do it but my goodness you learn on the way
1: and I think that's a good thing like that's why
0: i I'm really disappointed when I
1: see people say that things have failed it's not working and I'm like this is your training ground like you need this to know how to get it better next time
0: well you don't go and be a doctor do you You don't suddenly go right that's it let's do uh, life-saving brain surgery (laughs) you know you've got to go through and you've got to learn and train and you know get your grounding you can't just steam in there and not know yet somehow people you know, feel when it's their own business that they they need to have, they could just go in there and do it. But it's not like yeah. that. You've got to learn. Yeah.
1: It's you not like that.
0: Um, so you wouldn't have got to where you are. You know, you, you're you very open about the, the money that you make and talk about that openly, which I think is amazing. You know, you are a multi-seven figure business owner and you wouldn't have got to where you are without a strategy. You haven't just winged your way into no. So, um, tell us a little bit about that, how that kind of came about, you know, and how you sort of went from, well, as you say, 30,000 pound in debt to where you are today. You, you must've had a plan.
1: Yeah. And I didn't have in the first six months, if I'm completely honest, all I wanted to do is get visible, which I suppose is a plan in itself. Like I had a, a plan to become visible and to become known for what I do. So I opened a Facebook group and I was live every day in that Facebook group, um, I knew that I wasn't going to sell anything until at least month five or six. I wanted people to get to know me and then I was going to put an offer out. And that's what I did. And I made six figures in that month six from doing that. And then 220,000 in the first year. And it was only really, I think, at the end of year one that I started to realise that, You can only wing it so far. Like, you do actually need to sit down and have a proper plan of what your offerings are, what your messaging is, what you're going to sell, and when. And it was at the end of year one that I decided to go all in with like the passive income side of things. Like, I really believe that niching is important. And I didn't have a niche at that point. I was like, I can help anyone with any part of business. And I was like, no, that's not going to work for me because I want people to go, right, who is the person for XXX? And then I will be known as that person. And so my own business model was increasingly becoming passive and semi-passive and people were noticing that. And so I decided to concentrate on that side of things. And that worked really well for me because there wasn't many people at that point talking about having memberships and courses and that kind of thing especially in the UK um now it's like massive there's lots of people doing it but then there wasn't and so I became known for people that wanted you know they were doing okay one-to-one and um, with whatever it was they were doing but actually they wanted to scale their businesses without taking on tons of staff or having lots of overheads and memberships and courses was obviously a very good way to do that so I had a strategy for doing that. And I realized that my strategy, I was teaching that strategy to other people at the same time as doing it. And so I trademarked it. And that's my what is known now as my cash system. And my strategy every year I sit down, well, every quarter I sit down, but every year we sit down as a team and say, right, what is the strategy for the coming year? And the strategy sometimes changes. Like this year there's, Yeah, we're going into an economic downturn. So the strategy we had already planned, that's not going to work in an economic downturn. Things have to change dependent on what's going on around you. And so our strategy is shifted. Um, And it doesn't mean that, you know, I think people think that your strategy during an economic downturn is to stop stop doing everything, stop spending any money. And it isn't. It's actually a brilliant opportunity. And so you will have seen at the moment, I'm hiring more staff. I'm collaborating with more businesses. I'm partnering with more people because during a downturn like this, it will either make or break people. And the ones that will thrive are
0: the people that see the opportunity that is there. And The rise of the entrepreneur in this time, in this sort of time, is absolutely time for people to go for it because
1: massively time to go for it but it has to be planned i think where it falls down is when people just do things and they don't know why they're doing it or to what end and what kpis they have and what targets they have and i was a bit like that in the first year of my business i hated metrics and planning it was the bit that i didn't like the most now it's the bit that my business runs on i know exactly how much money i'm going to make every year because i've planned it
0: yeah i love that i love that it just goes to show It is so important. And, you know, this is something I talk about so much is that you just you do need a strategy, even if it's a very bare bones, even if it completely overwhelms you and you're somebody that's just starting out. Put the bare bones down. This is I'm at point A when I get to the end of the year and I'm at point Z, where do I want, you know. What are some yeah. of these key steps I'm going to take along the way? And give yourself um, like mini mini strategies because when people say like
1: have a strategy for your business, it can seem really overwhelming. Like it's like the old banks that used to say like, I want a business plan, and they were like fifty pages, and you had no idea what to write. Yeah. But if you think about like a strategy in smaller pieces, so what is your visibility strategy going to be? Like how are you going to get visible every day? All that strategy means is a plan. And so, fancy
0: word, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Stop thinking it was something big and going. What am I going to do every day to a get clients, b get seen? You know that's your visibility strategy. C get to the money I want to make. How much do I want to make? How am I going to get there? What my offerings are going to be? This is all planning. This is all strategy.
0: Yeah, love it. So this is something that I'm asked a lot, and I wondered what your take is on this. So I'm often asked, "It's all very well, Monique. You can make these amazing plans." what happens when things go wrong? Now, I know that you have to, as you just spoke about, you know, the downturn, that meant that you had to change your strategy. But also, um, and again, this is something that you talk about quite openly, is that you have a chronic illness. So that can sometimes hold you back. Um, And it means that maybe you thought you might be doing something, you might not be able to do it, you might not be able to deliver. So, Plus, you've also, you are no stranger to the online bullying space. You know, (laughs) (laughs) people love to have a little stab and a little something, have something to say. Now, not everybody is quite as robust as you are in that sense that it might knock people back. So how do you kind of offer advice and for things, you know, when things do go wrong to keep going? Yeah. So life is going to get in the
1: way whatever that looks like and yes for me that's a, a a chronic disease um you know my husband is part of my business he's been diagnosed with cancer like life will throw things at you that's it, and yeah. yeah of course and you're going to have to think to yourself that that's going to happen rather than hoping everything goes smoothly part of being of having a strategy is planning for what will happen if you can't do things if something happens Um, And that's why I think passive income is really important because it doesn't matter as much um, when you've got courses and memberships out there. It's not your time all the time. But that's why I think outsourcing is important as well, like having support around you, having a team around you that can pick up slack if you can't. So outsourcing is something I did not early enough. I wish I'd done it a little bit earlier, but as soon as my chronic condition came along, then I knew I had to outsource. I knew I had to have someone there for backup because clients and their experience are really important. But I think things like, you know, yes, you're going to get trolled. Like I'd love to say that you won't, but you're going to be visible in business and therefore you're going to get bullying. Like it's just the way it is. Like I have a piece of PR and and people don't like that. Or you might talk about money like I do, and that triggers people. So you are going to get those things. And I think that what you have to do is work on your resilience strategy, your plan to be resilient, your plan to have a really strong mindset, um, so that when those things happen, they don't derail you. Now, the truth is, that in the first even a couple of years, it did derail me. So So if I got really badly bullied online and I did in the first year, I would hide. Like, I would just be like, and my business would suffer for a couple of months. But recently, over the last two years, I've been working with mindset coaches the whole time because I believe that that side of the strategy, like being resilient is as important as knowing what to do. So when things happened like this year, you know, I had somebody write a whole post about me online like it went viral it was like a defamation post about how I had ruined her and her business and all of these kind of things and normally that would have knocked me but because I've been working with mindset coaches it didn't touch me it was like okay this has happened how do we deal with it what's the strategy we already had planned for if this kind of thing happens just like a, a big business would have if they have some some detrimental say. PR happen Yeah. Like, how do you deal with it? And we went legal and we got a defamation case and we do all those things, but it didn't touch me. And I think part of it is if you can see yourself as the CEO of a business rather than you are the business and separate yourself off emotionally from this is the business, this is you, that massively helps. Because then it comes down to what is the strategy to deal with when things like this happen? Yeah. And then you'll know because you'll just follow the process.
0: Yeah. It's like anything, isn't it? I mean, you know, if a train company, it goes wrong, you know, something goes wrong. There's well, there should be. Maybe a train company. Maybe they don't. (laughs) they don't. (laughs) don't. Maybe that's the problem. But but you know what I mean? Essentially, most big businesses have a backup plan. They have a contingency in place. They have procedures that, you know, A goes wrong. We go to plan B or plans. c yeah. and the quicker, quicker we, we be... start
1: th- we well, yeah we shouldn't be different the quicker we start thinking of ourselves as an actual business rather than a, a hobby business yes. the quicker you'll get those standard operating procedures in place and that's when everything becomes easier because you're not having to emotionally get invested in some of the things that are thrown
0: at you yes. like you will know what to do I love that. I love that. I think that's brilliant advice. So you've touched on this already, visibility. So I know you've just uh, launched a brand new uh, course on visibility. Um, And it's something that you're really known for. Because I mean, if anybody does follow Lisa, you'll see that she's everywhere. If you haven't um heard of lisa before and you start to follow her after this you will literally find her on all the all all the channels which is amazing um but that takes time right um but i would argue that that is time extremely um well spent but i know that you've got a team you've got a team that help you a lot with that but somebody that's sort of quite new and maybe a little bit scared about getting visible i mean what how would somebody build that into their everyday plan yeah.
1: So you might be surprised to know I do all of my own visibility so it's the only bit that I keep so social media um, you know it's me on podcasts it's me on stages it's me in the Facebook groups talking to people I keep that because one of the things that I really think is important is to be connected to your audience and I've seen when people start outsourcing that side of things how they are less connected to their audience. I didn't want that to happen. So I'd rather give anything away than that. Same Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think it's important. But honestly, at the beginning, I didn't, I wasn't everywhere. I couldn't be everywhere. It was just me for the first three years. So I think that it's really important that you have a think about where your ideal client is and you go there. And I have a multi-layered visibility strategy. And it's one of the things I teach. It's one of the things I've sort of created, this multi-layered visibility strategy, because I saw lots of people having a visibility strategy, but all it was, was basically social media. Mm. Well, actually, that's not enough, because if something goes wrong, you need to be seen when that's not there, or when the algorithm changes, or when... TikTok or whatever comes along, and suddenly no one's watching where you are anymore. And so I think having this multi-layered visibility strategy, starting with just two or three things, can really help. So you might decide in your first year that your visibility strategy is going to consist of social media, but it's also going to consist of you going on other people's podcasts, or it might consist of you being a guest in other people's memberships, things like that, maybe a couple of small stages just so that you can be visible seemingly everywhere when Mm. actually it's not and I think that the thing that I have done well with visibility is I look like I'm everywhere but I don't spend very much time anywhere
0: which is the dream it's the dream yeah I'm not
1: on social media all day because if I'm on social media it takes me down a black hole I'm not good at, at being resilient when I'm on social media I see too many things that bug me because of the integrity in this industry. And so I can't be on there all the time. So for me, it's about how can I get the most out of being somewhere? So omnipresence campaigns, if I do use Facebook ads, which isn't very often, but sometimes I do, um, it will be going on people's podcasts because then they stay there. You know, I'm on that podcast for years so people can still find me three years later going into memberships and speaking. Like all these different things that... Actually, have a longer shelf life than yeah. just you doing something in that moment my visibility strategy is to do as much of that as possible so that when you're not around and you don't want to be on social media you don't want to even you know do any of these things you're still seeing everywhere
0: yeah i think it's really wise that's that's brilliant i mean because i think that is the dream we don't want to be tied to it maybe we did back in the day i think when it all no. was quite new but God, who's got time? You haven't got time to sit there. You've got to be really savvy.
1: Yeah. And social media can be a toxic place. Like, I don't think it's good for anybody to be on there all the time. There's some amazing things about social media. There's such empowerment and there's such, you know, learning and education to be had. And quite frankly, none of us would have our businesses without it. So it's a brilliant tool, but there's a dark side to it. And we need to be very careful that we don't get sucked into that dark side, because it affects mental health massively for so many people. So it can't be our whole strategy, because that's not good for us.
0: No, and I guess that comes down to, you know, something I'm really passionate about, and I know you are too, is, is literally is time blocking. I'm going to give social media this amount of time in my day. And then after that, I'm, I'm going in and I'm getting out again. And get it done. You're going to be so much more productive anyway. Um, I think it's really valuable. So, um, just to, to finish off, we'll just finish. We're going to finish off with a little bit of fun, but just very quickly for a newbie, certainly for a newbie out there or somebody thinking, you know, I want to start my business. What would be just very three, very, very short, sharp tips for a killer business strategy.
1: I think the first thing you need to think about is not what you want to sell, but who you want to help. Do it that way round. Have a think about who out there is going to be your ideal client and really focus in on them. What do they need? Like rather than you deciding what they need, go ask them, like figure out everything about them as people. So that'd be the first one. The second one is look at where you want to position yourself in the market. Often we don't do this first off. And so what happens is our peers and our audience position us for us. And that I did that in the wedding business. I was positioned as budget when I didn't want to be um, because I didn't decide where I wanted to go. So, you know, are you going to be like the budget? Are you going to be the high end? Are you going to be mid tier? Like you decide because once you know that, the rest of your strategy is easier to do. Like you know your ideal client, you know where you're positioning yourself. The rest of it kind of gets easier because you know what your offerings are going to be then and you know what your pricing is going to be and that kind of thing. It simplifies it. The third is just to write down a basic on a month to month basis. What things am I going to do to grow an audience? Because growing an audience is the most important thing you do if you have an online business. So what things are you going to do? And it might be you're going to Look into how to start a sales funnel, or it might be starting an email list, or it might be I'm going to do two lives a week. Whatever it is that you're going to do, write it down so that you know that you're going to do it because that's where a plan starts.
0: And be consistent with it once you start.
1: Yeah, and consistent doesn't mean constant. Like, I think people get confused with it and think, well, Lisa says, I have to be consistent. So I have to be like on all the time. You don't. Consistency could mean once a week or once a month. It's
0: just consistent, It's just, not constant. It's, it's keeping those promises to ourselves, isn't it? And saying, this is what I'm going to do and and, and and get on with it. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. But before we finish, now this is kind of new. So this, um, you're the first in our series. So um, we're, we're bringing a bit of fun. the podcasts, I thought we we have to end them in a little bit of a fun way so I'm asking all my podcast guests if they can trace back and remember what their first paid jobs this is let's get to know Lisa so what was your first paid job I don't know whether this is going to tell you very good things about me
1: so other than the entrepreneurial things that I did, so I did a lot of like when I was 13 pretending to be 16 so I could do Avon and things like that. (laughs) My first actual job as an employee, I got, I was 15 and I got a job in a roadside truck cafe as a waitress and I got sacked on my first day.
0: So, (laughs) What did you do or
1: not do? (laughs) You can imagine the kind of Clientele that come into <laughs> a roadside truck cafe. So I'm there on my first day. I was a blossoming young woman. And one of these men round a table with four other men said, Do you want to show us your boobs, darling? And I said, I depends. Do you want to wear these beans, darling? And he said, Yes. And so I poured them on his head. And I got sacked
0: immediately. I- so it was worth it. I'm sorry you got sacked, but you 100% did the right thing. <laughs> he was and lucky, I, to be fair, that that's what
1: <laughs> I know. He got a lot worse. I had
0: a fork in my hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he could have come out injured. He could have come out injured. Beans is nothing. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing that story. So here's our little quickfire round. We're doing some this or that. So I've got here, nobody can see this because... Um this is just audio only, but I've got a plush velvet box here with some lovely this or that questions <laughs> in there. I'm gonna pull three out um for Lisa to answer. Yeah. So um the first one is passenger or driver? Passenger. Yeah. Like no one wants to, nobody wants me to be a driver. Nobody. <laughs> I mean, after the beans incident, I mean, I think we're demonstrating maybe a fiery temper here, but I mean, that's good. <laughs> okay, so what do we have here? Uh, a tender party or host a party?
1: What's a host a party?
0: Would you rather be the hostess with the most... Uh, a tender
1: or a... party. You yeah. know, what I thought you said a Tinder party. I was like, I don't know what that is, but I'm probably up for it. No, <laughs> I would <laughs> rather... <laughs> Host a party than attend a party.
0: (laughs) And I have been to one of your parties, and they're good parties. So, uh, right, here we go. Share food or don't share food? Do not share food. If you order something, it's
1: your food. I don't understand this whole thing about sharing food. No, (laughs) Get your
0: hands off. Yeah, my my...
1: food, that's why I ordered
0: it. I know, it's like when my kids take my chips, it's like, back off, they're my chips. My chips. If you want a chip, get chipped exactly lisa thank you so much for joining us today um where can people find you if they want to find out more about you easiest place is
1: instagram um at lisa johnson strategist um i'm the person that answers on there so if you want a little chat i'll have a little chat with you um, and hopefully by the time you go and find me on instagram my voice will have come back and i won't sound quite so like a croaky frog
0: <laughs> damn you covid damn yeah. you covid so what is this the third time you've had it now
1: yeah, the third time i feel like i shouldn't be allowed it this many times surely eventually my body will just be like covid no yeah, it's
0: a covid <laughs> hat trick that's what we should call it yeah <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today on the she loves to plan podcast there'll be lots of links to lisa in the show notes and you can go and check her out and also if you go to her website there's some brilliant freebies for you there as well to go and check out so thank you until next time see you on she loves to plan if you enjoyed this podcast today don't forget to hit subscribe and leave a review i'd really appreciate it Also, head over to the She Loves to Plan Facebook group where you can get even more value from me. Until next time, happy planning.